And now, it's time for Mr. College Football and Friends with Tony Barnhart. Welcome and greetings from Southern California, where they say it never rains. Uh, no, no, we have seen rain. We have been here since Thursday getting ready for the national championship game. Uh, thank you for joining us again for Mr. CFB and Friends. We are broadcasting from the LAX Marriott which is press headquarters for Monday night's college football playoff national championship game between number one Georgia and number one TCU at SoFi Stadium just down the road in Inglewood, California, only about 20 minutes away. So thanks for being here. I am joined here uh, at the hotel by Mr. Mark Blauschen. Mr. Blauschen, it's awfully good to join up with you in Southern California. Absolutely. Nice to see some sunshine and uh Decent weather for a change, too, so that's good. All right. Joining us by Zoom is our intrepid traveler, Herb Gould. We saw him last night at a dinner. I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute. I do want to mention that the locksmith, Tom Lucci, cannot be with us today. He is out on assignment. So you, you, we will have a wonderful show. Now, first of all, I want to tell all of you who listen to this podcast regularly that we had a special dinner last night. Herb and his wife, Liz, were there. Mark and I were there. Uh, it was a special dinner to honor Chris Dufresne. And if you've followed us, you know that Chris Dufresne was a founding member of this uh, podcast, a founding member of this website. We lost him way too soon, but we had a special dinner last night uh, in California. His wife, Sheila, who, of course, uh, serves as a technical advisor to this show, uh, Sheila was there. She was there with two of her sons and other family members. Uh, and so we really enjoyed our time with Sheila. And it was great to have Herb and Liz there and all the folks with us. And it was, uh, Herb, it was, a, it was a special night. It really was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it, you just sometimes you don't know what to say, but Sheila and, and Drew and Joey are just it's just I, I'm I admire them even more than ever. I love them to death. You know that for the the strength that they've had, the way that they have processed the loss of Chris, and it was a, just an inspiring evening. Um, Sheila was presented with uh, a special honor from the Football Writers of America because um, Chris, you know, deservedly so. Uh, sports writer, correct? What's the exact terminology in our? Our FWA Sports Writers Hall of Fame. Yeah, it is the Burt McGrain Award uh, that is given to someone who has served the membership, served the game really, really well, and it signifies induction into the College Sports College Football Writers Hall of Fame. And certainly, uh, given what Chris meant to all of us, to all the football writers, it's only fitting that he should be in with the Hall of Fame. Mark Blaschen, you were there, uh, had a chance to honor Chris and and Sheila and the boys and the other family members, it was just, it was a special night. It, it was, and it brings back the whole thing. We all have stories about Chris, you know, but especially, you know, and Sheila and, and the boys. So it was a nice thing. It was nice to do it on their own turf, so, so to speak. So, and everything went well. Uh, I'm, I'm happy we did and finally could get that, you know, another honor for Chris. Well, here we go. Let's, let's break down this game now. We are here to see a national championship game the storylines are set 
Georgia is trying to win its second straight national championship. That would put them in some very select company. Uh, just quick, in case you, you weren't familiar, it's been done really three times in the mon modern era, the era that they have won back, a school has won back-to-back -back, uh, national championships. Those are, of course, 1994, 1995, uh, Nebraska, uh, 2003, 2004, uh, Southern Cal, and, of course, uh, Alabama in 2011, 2010, and 2011. So that's, that is a very special company. Uh, Let's start here. It would be again. It would be Kirby Smart's second national championship at Georgia, his third national championship game since 2017. Only his second season. Mark Blashen, what you know, Kirby Smart. What what would this mean for Kirby Smart and the Georgia program to to sort of get in this rarefied air? Well, it, it puts him into into the next category, which is that dynastic type of thing with the Nick the Nick Saban neighborhood. I mean, it's going to be those numbers that you you read. I mean, and, and what we've done over the last say six or seven years. I mean, that's pretty hard to will be pretty hard to top two national championships in a row and then and three you know appearances and 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 so many um, incredible you know wins and and, and against the competition. It, it it it's a giant step. It's it's a step to a to the highest level you can get. I mean, when you talk about dynasties, I mean, you got to start mentioning Georgia if this happens. Well, did, did I mention that Kirby Smart, if he wins Monday night, will get a million-dollar bonus? He's already gotten a $750,000 bonus, and they'll add another two hundred and fifty dollars if if he wins on Monday night. Kirby Smart, by the way, I did a story. I'm doing a story that's going to appear on our website probably either on Saturday or Sunday. Kirby Smart's first job as a coach not long after he got out of college his first job was at valdosta state as a defensive backs coach making eight thousand dollars a year now he's he may get a bonus for a million dollars on monday night and he makes 10.6 million dollars a year that's not bad that's not bad. Hey, guys, the the other storyline we're looking at, there's several others. Obviously, we have to mention Stetson Bennett and what he's done at Georgia. He is 29, and if he wins, he'll go 29-3 and three as the starting quarterback at Georgia with two national championships. So I ask you, Herb Gould, if Stetson Bennett wins Monday night in addition to another national championship, does he ever pick up a dinner check yeah, for the that's rest of his life? Yeah, that's probably put him in some pretty rarefied area. You're probably the one better qualified to answer that but I mean because you know as we know I mean Georgia is a program that that has you know had the potential to to do this for a long long time and I think that 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 was one of the reasons for some of the unrest before Kirby Smart took over the program was that they knocked on the door but uh the door did not open and and now that it has you know there's no more loyal uh fan base as I I think I sent you a, a photo the other day I was driving down through Redondo Beach and we saw a bunch of Georgia flags flying outside of a saloon. That that should give you an indication of, you know, just the, the it, it's pretty monumental, as you guys have mentioned. To win back to back in a, in a competitive era like we have now, and not only that, but to do it out of the SEC where, you know, Alabama is perennial and, and LSU and Auburn, you go down to Tennessee this year, I mean, there's always somebody that is ready to, to take over in the SEC and to hold them off and do it again for a second straight year would be just 
unbelievably uh, big accomplishment. Now, now, Mark Blasey, Georgia, <clears throat> Georgia fans got some bad news yesterday. They found out in the same day, not only can they not tailgate at SoFi Stadium, but UGA, their mascot, their famous, one of the most famous mascots in all of college sports, their revered mascot, UGA, Mark, will not be able to make the trip to Southern yeah, California. And I'm a big believer in signs, Tony. So those are two or two, two of those signs that say, what? watch out, Bulldogs, because this could be, you know, this has been a crazy year, too. So. And what, what you know, what we thought was going to happen it has not happened often that all often than that. So it's it's from a TCU fan, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit optimistic about that from those two early signs that have nothing to do with the game. Oh, that's right. You know the other the other thing I, I'm looking at. You know we're always looking for keys in in a game like this. And as as I look down the TCU depth chart, two words stick out in my mind: Quentin Johnston. Yep. You know we we saw what Marvin Harrison Jr. was doing until he was injured against Georgia. And, and Quentin Johnston is that kind of uh, caliber of receiver for TCU. You know, he goes 6'4". They have, you know, they have another receiver, uh, Savion Williams, who's a pretty darn good guy, but goes 6'5". They have those big receivers. Uh, if they can do the other moving parts to get those guys in position to attack Georgia, you know, that, that I think would be a big key to, to whether we might see a major upset. Well, here, here's the matchup to watch. It's Quentin Johnson against Kaylee Ringo, number five. Can you remember Kaylee Ringo was the guy who intercepted the pass against Alabama, ran it back for a touchdown, and Indianapolis secured the victory. He is their best defensive back, but as you pointed out, Herb, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. took – took his lunch okay and so that that is the matchup that you got to watch and if, and if georgia can avoid big plays they'll win but if georgia does not avoid big plays they could be in a lot of trouble mark blouse and i want to switch over you have written uh some good stuff about max duggan their quarterback who has overcome incredible odds not not only did he he, he not win the job when sonny dykes became coach but he had some very significant physical issues tell us a story matt you know Stetson Bennett has overcome a lot to be where he is. Max Duggan has uh, has overcome a whole lot. Yeah, and the big—I mean, you know—Stetson Bennett has done things, but it's all game related, with, with and, and football related. But Max Duggan—I mean—he's going through all, all the stuff. He has a new coach. Uh, he loses his starting job. And then all of a sudden, he finds out he takes a COVID test, and he finds out he has a heart ailment, which requires nine hours of surgery. My God! Then he then he has a. Uh, a complication from that. I mean, he can be, he, what, what are we, it was a death store. I mean, he, he said, I mean, I mean, the COVID test saved his life, which is an amazing thing. And then he comes back and he has the year he has and he was banged up. Um, and I mean, if there's a Cinderella story in college football this year, it's Max Duggan for, we saw how, how TCU won games this year. I mean, Max Duggan literally willed his team to win in five of those games. And, you know, I mean, it was an amazing performance. And now he's got one more game left. Does he have it in him? I don't know, but I'm, I wouldn't bet against them that that won't happen again. I, you know, this is a crazy year, and he might do it. Well, a couple of facts to, to keep in mind here. TCU leads the nation with 21 plays of 50 yards or more, and this is the thing that concerns Georgia the most is these big plays in the passing game. Now, as we said earlier, we don't have the locksmith with us, but, guys, I want to do a quick run around the horn on this game from this perspective. Okay. Who wins? Three things I want to ask you, Herb. Who wins? 
what's the score and is the over and under 62.5 is it larger so first of all herb who wins you know i i i want to i want to see an upset just because i think it'd be fun you know and it would be an interesting interesting storyline we always root for the storyline when we're sports writers but I, I think georgia i think georgia pulls this together it, it's just too much to ask of a tcu um and i think that i think that what did you say 62 and a half i like i like the over 62 and a half is the over yeah yeah i like the over yep. there i mean these games when when these teams get together i mean we've seen it time and again in in this championship caliber uh atmosphere the over is the way to go. Um, you know, what did I, I think I said 38, 35, the last time we got together on this podcast, what does that put you at? Uh, yep. look, yeah, that puts you just that puts you over. There you go. And, my, and it might go higher than that. I, I just think that coaches really, you know, the offensive coaches really brainstorm and they pull all, out all the stops. I, I think we'll see a lot of scoring in this game. Right. Absolutely. Mark Blashen, you're going to take the over, right? You know what, Tony? I thought I was, and, and, and thinking about it more and more, I'm going to go, I'll, I'll take Lucci's spot of contrarian here. I, I'm going to go, what are the three questions are? One, one, TCU wins. Two, it's the under. Uh, and, and, and three, I mean, I, I think it's good. I, I think, here's what I think is going to happen. I mean, I, I, I think Georgia is going to make some mistakes in this game that are going to be on the scoreboard. I think that's going to happen. Then it comes down to Max Duggan, you know, and can he carry his team? And I've seen too many things. I was at the Flutie game in 1984. I've seen all these incredible things. So I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to say it's a low-scoring game, which surprises a lot of people. And I think in the last in the last 10 minutes of the game, I, I think it's going to be Max Duggan with a come-from-behind touchdown run, and they win the game 28-24. So there it is. All right, picking the upset. Well, I'm I'm going to go with Georgia, and I'm going to have them covering. And I still think this is a 41-40 kind of game, 42, 43-41, something like that. It is going to be, I believe, a high-scoring game. All right, so now here's, here's a couple of headlines I want to discuss with you guys before we get out of here. You know, just when we think we've heard everything about our, our buddy Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, now we learn there's a notice of allegations. He allegedly, allegedly, misled NCAA investigators. Herb, you're in Big Ten country uh, a lot. So the question I have for you is, does this does this go ahead and shove Jim Harbaugh out the door? Well, how how is this going to play out? Well, first, let's just remind everyone, you know, as they as they always as they said since Watergate and before, it's always the cover up. You know, I, I think that the most serious allegation is that that Jim Harbaugh might have misled uh, the NCAA investigators. Um, I think that, you know, as we discussed on our previous podcast, you know, there, there were some rumors about Harbaugh going to the NFL. I, I didn't really buy them entirely as w without this investigation and cloud, but I think that makes it more likely that he might leave. Um, I don't know that he will, but but it, it opens the door to that possibility because, you know, as we saw, I think, with Pete Carroll when he left USC, there comes a time when you want to move on. And, you know, there, there are some NFL teams that clearly, you know, I think the Panthers and the Broncos are the ones that I've been hearing about clearly, um, you know, might have that kind of interest in a Jim Harbaugh. So, you know, I, I don't I'm not sure that he's going to go. 
but I think that, you know, having an investigation cloud makes, you know, makes it even, you know, more of a possibility. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, Mark, Notre Dame's got him a starting quarterback. Sam Hartman, all-time Wake Forest passer, yep. is headed to South Bend. And I think he's in his fifth year of eligibility. Here's my question. Why is he going to Notre Dame instead of entering the NFL draft? Why is that? Well, because of the, of the projections that I saw had him as a second or third round NFL draft pick, which pays some decent money, but it's it's okay, but it's not, you know, it's not lottery pick money. If he goes from Wake Forest to Notre Dame, if he's a Notre Dame starting quarterback, which I think he will be, his NIL money, I think, will far surpass anything he can make as, as a pro player. So that's that's the new world of college football is dirty players, not of the superstar quality, but of the good, good, solid NFL quality who will be enticed to stay because if they are, they're in the right school, they can make more money playing as an amateur than they can as a professional. Now, the key here is only a few of those schools, like in Notre Dame, like in Alabama, like in Georgia, like Miami A&M, will be able to pay that kind of money. So watch watch what happens when in, in, the, in the coming years when you take good quarterbacks from from middle uh, uh, middle road schools or good players, they go to the big boys and and they get they make money, which means that the rich are going to stay rich and the poor are going to stay poor. Yeah, and and being as experienced as he is from what he's accomplished at Wake Forest, I think he's mature enough to handle sure. all of the distractions that will come with with nil dollars and opportunities, and then the fact that. He, uh, Tommy Reese, the Notre Dame offensive coordinator, uh, his father, who's who's involved in the scouting uh, side at Notre Dame, was at Wake when uh, Hartman came into Wake. So you've got a prior, you know, uh, acquaintance. Acquaintance, you know, I think I think it's just it's a real exciting development for Notre Dame because this is a kid who really could elevate them, and and frankly that. In this day yep. and age, you got to have a good quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, here, here's one thing. I, I didn't know I would say this this soon, but Bobby Petrino is on the move. One month, one month after being at UNLV as the head coach, he is taking the offensive coordinator's job at Texas A&M, working for Jimbo Fisher, going to be calling the plays can you say desperation this this move absolutely reeks of desperation for uh for jimbo fisher and you know what if it goes if this thing goes south and it could uh right now they'd owe him 85 million dollars i think they'd only owe him like 81 million dollars all of it all of it and that will be absolutely incredible. But just thought I would, and we'll see that we will be keeping our eye on that when we get to spring football. Yeah, let, let me ask you guys: I mean, which is a bigger, which is a bigger story? Bobby Petrino goes to A and M and does really, really well, or Bobby Petrino goes to A and M and does really, really poorly? I mean, <laughs> it's just after all the things A and M's gone through this year. I, what do you think? Well, if things don't go well, would they just fire Jimbo and make Petrino the head coach? I don't think so. I think they're have to, they, they, they will have to they will have to start all over. You talk about start all over eighty five million dollars lighter. So, ah, uh, is this a great country or what? Holy cow! All right, all right, guys, that's gonna do it. Uh, we're gonna we got to get out of here before we do any more damage. Thanks once again to our sponsor. Apple. 
APBA Games, APBAGames.com. Thanks to our technical staff of David Amaral, Sheila Dufresne, the aforementioned, and my bride, Maria Barnhart. We hope to be back next week. We'll put a wrap on the entire 2022 regular season. Folks, have a great national championship game. It's going to be fun for Mark Blouch and Herb Gould. This is Tony Barnhart. Thanks for joining us on Mr. CFB and friends. Be safe and carry on. <laughs>